0: or you can find us at our website, MedoraChurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Jesus. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord, Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, i am not come with an assignment that's going to blow your mind. I was just given a simple statement from the Lord. And this is what the premise of the message is. Either you serve the Lord or you don't. I've come to preach to two people, the ones that serve God and the ones that do not. Those that do, we will see him face to face in the new Jerusalem, in the heavens above to those who don't will have a place alongside lucifer in the great pit of fire we are in the last days and we don't have time to coddle people anymore i like what evangelist atkins said we're no longer in the last days we're in the last moments amen if you'll open up your bibles to john chapter 14 verse number five And he says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? He's speaking to Jesus, and Jesus would answer in that well-known verse, and he saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24 and verse 14. And he says now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve... But as for me and my house we will serve the lord one more time i want to say it together but as for me and my house we will serve the lord father we thank you for your word father we thank you for your goodness come on somebody lift up your voice unto him and declare it as for me in my house we're gonna serve the lord father we thank you in this place today speak unto us and give us clear vision in your name we give you all glory and all honor we give it all to you in the mighty name of jesus Amen. You may be seated. Somebody say, as for me and my house. I cannot speak for you or your house. But I'm telling you from David's point of view, as for me and my house, and I've asked in this place, how many have come with a made-up mind? I want us to take a minute and declare what Joshua said in verse 15. Say it just one more time. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've come with a made-up mind tonight. I've asked, is there anyone else with a made-up mind? This is not just a phrase to make yourself feel better. It's not just a little phrase that we like to decorate our house with. What Joshua is saying here is, I can't control what you want to do with your life. I can't tell you how to live your life, but as for me and my house, my mind is made up. I've come and asked, has anybody got a made up mind that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the final chapter of the book of Joshua, we see him gather all of the tribes of Israel together in Shechem. At this moment, we read at the end of the final chapter, brings us to the end of the life of Joshua. So we know that starting out in chapter 24, this is getting towards the end of his life. Yeah. The Lord used Joshua so mightily in his life. How many know that Joshua was a conqueror for the Lord? Amen. Amen. Right. Joshua was a man ordained and designed for victory. When God put together Joshua and his DNA, he declared and put victory inside of him. Joshua was a sign for the destruction of the Canaanites. He would conquer nations for the kingdom of God. Joshua would learn his leadership tactics under one of the most organized men in all of scripture in that of Moses. Moses being the one who would grow up in the Egyptian's household, learning the higher teachings and education of Pharaoh's son would receive. God, using Moses and having a plan for his life, would use that knowledge later on in his life to help organize millions of Israelites out of slavery and out of the land of Egypt. Everybody say amen. Amen. In meaning to be no way disrespectful at all with our current leader in this country, it helps me and makes me understand that Moses was a leader. He did a little bit better job conveying his ideas. Moses was organized, he was educated, he was passionate. However, he was not the one that God had planned to go into the promised land. Right. Amen. We know that because of Moses' anger upon striking the rock that God forbid him from entering into the promised land that they had sought out for so long. But through all of that, through slavery through parting of the Red Sea, surviving the wilderness for 40 years. God was not preparing Moses. He had done that in the wilderness before Egypt, but God in the midst of these trials was preparing a Joshua to take control of the leadership of Israel. You see, we need to come to an understanding that we may never see what God has promised to us. God promised Moses a promised land, yet Moses would never see it. Moses would never see this land of plenty that flows with milk and honey sometimes you may never see the promises that god have put in you but i believe what god has ordained npc for this time is we are going to start seeing the fulfillment of prophecies never given to us 108 years of history are within this church and i believe with time and time again that we're going to start intercepting the promises and prophecies of old If only L.R. Uton could see us now. God has no problem giving a promise to a generation and fulfilling it in the next. Trying to understand God and his, and his connection and his relationship with time was once explained like this and I thought it was so well. If you were to take a piece of paper and draw a line on it and that line would represent time, you must understand that God would be the piece of paper in which time was written on. Time is nothing to God. God is touching us here and now. And how many are thankful for the presence of God. But I've come to tell you, he's there in our future. He was there in our past. He was there in the beginning and he'll be there at the end. He is which is, which was, and which is to come, the almighty. He is alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He is from A to Z and everything in between. No matter where you're standing, in time, no matter how old, no matter how young, He is there with you, and he'll be there as long as he tarries. Somebody worship him for just a little bit. Lift your voices and begin to declare him right now. It's interesting in preparing for this service, the connection between Joshua and Jesus. I've come to understand that Joshua was a typology of Jesus in the Old Testament. Moses would say this in Deuteronomy chapter 31 in verses 1 and 2. And Moses went and spake these words unto all of Israel. This is the final chapter of Deuteronomy. And he said unto them, I'm 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, thou shalt not go over this Jordan. Then jumping down to verse 7, and Moses called unto Joshua, and he said unto them in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord said, it is he that doeth go before thee, and he will be with thee, and he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. What he's saying here is, Joshua, I can't go where God is wanting us to go, but I'm telling you, there is a promise that was given to people before me, and you are going to receive that promise just like Joshua, Jesus would follow up an amazing man of God. Jesus would follow up in the ministry of John the Baptist. You see, John the Baptist would change the world with his message of repentance. Many knew of a man that would come as a voice in the wilderness. Some thought that this voice in the wilderness would be the Messiah, but he said in Matthew 3 and verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with us, somebody say, that's a promise that I can't keep right now, but just give it a little time and the promise is coming unto you and to your family and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What Moses and John the Baptist both had in common was an idea. I have done all that I can do and all that I was called to do, but the one that comes after me will lead you into a victory that was never thought imaginable. You are going to step into victory that you would never see. You would step into victory you could never understand. We as a generational church know this better than anyone else. I bet Mr. Uden would never have thought that we would have a couple of daughter works in the country of Russia out of this little town. I bet if you could ask him, he would be amazed with the hundreds of people who have been baptized in these waters throughout of history. I don't know if he'd believe all the miracles that you and I have seen all of our lives that came from God, all of the times God brought me out of addiction, all of the promises he gave me, and I can look over and see all of the miracles that have taken place. I bet if you ask him then, he would never understand that as a 17-year-old boy that the promises of God that would be done, that the miracles of God that would be done through us, and he's not done yet. Somebody say, my mind is made up. I'm not talking about things that are just so far off. I'm talking about all the promises he gave me. I can look over and see. I can tell you with all assurance, he promised me a family in the kingdom. And I look over and I see my beautiful wife and two amazing daughters seated in the front row. I look over to my mother who sits with them. And I remember when I saw her in the midst of battling lung cancer, knowing that she was dying. Yet God said, I'm not through with her yet. And I'll give you a little fact about my mother. This past June, she spoke GMC. That is the first time a woman has ever spoke to the entire body of the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she just spoke at women's conference and God used her mightily. What God was saying is, I'm not done with her yet. (laughs) When the enemy comes after me, I can't help but come back to a thought in the back of my mind. Devil, you've come too late to convince me otherwise. You might quit trying to change my mind because my mind is made up You might as well give up because he's been too good to me. He's blessed my body. He's blessed my family. He's blessed my marriage. He's blessed my finances. My mind is made up. He's touched my body too many times, he's touched my family too many times. When Satan comes against me, I can't help but think of the time that Sister Peggy would testify about these anxiety attacks that would that she would face and how the enemy would try to take her breath away. Yet in the midst of adversaries, she declared, It's your breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise. I pour out my praise. There's, some- There's something inside of this body that shows God's done something then. He can do it now. Satan, I know you think you can get away with taking our families away from us. You think you can get away with stealing from the body of Christ. But I've got something to say to those tonight who are dealing with the enemy. I'm sorry. I'm going to go in. It's a lot of verses. Joshua 24 opens up with Joshua speaking on God's behalf, okay? I'm just jumping through. Verse 3, and as Joshua's speaking on God's behalf, he says, I took your father from Abraham, and from there, the other side of the flood, I gave him Isaac. In verse 4, I gave Isaac Jacob, and I gave him Esau. Esau went to Seir as Jacob went to Egypt. In verse 5, I sent Moses and Aaron. I plagued Egypt. Afterward, I brought you out. Verse 6, I brought your fathers out of Egypt. Verse 7, I brought darkness upon them and brought the sea upon the Egyptians. Verse 8, I brought you to the land of the Ammonites and I put them in your hand now let me stop right here and say the enemy would like you to think that he has you in his grasp anybody ever feel like the enemy's got his hand on your throat you can feel that attack on you feels like he's in your chest but God said, not only will I bring you into enemy territory that you may control it, but I'm going to place them in your hands. Somebody needs to start taking the enemy into your hands. God would then tell the Israelites, when Balak wars against Israel and sent Balaam to curse you, he said this in verse number 10, but I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. What he's saying there is... The enemy would curse you day in and day out, but I would not allow it. So every time he sat cursing you, I would take that curse out of the air and I would flip it to blessings and I would bless you time and time again. Every time the enemy would curse you, every time the enemy would attack you, I took that and I flipped the script and I would bring you blessings from heaven and I would put you in territory that you shouldn't be ruling over. I'd put you in places that you should never be. What Satan has sent to curse you, God is going to flip the script and make your enemies bless you. Now, he never said that your enemies would never come. He just said, you don't have to fear your enemy. I found this interesting fact. The phrase, fear not, is written in your Bible some 365 times. How many days are in a year? There is a verse in scripture for every single day that God has given you. That says, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I may have an enemy, but I am not afraid of him because it says in Psalms 23 and verse 5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I want you to understand you can be attacked, but you won't die. You can be attacked, but you don't have to fear. Because surely I will be in the presence of my enemies and I don't have to be afraid. Somebody shout it, somebody declare it right now in this house. You may have to fight the battle, but you don't have to fear. It all comes with a mind that is made up. Somebody tonight is going to start conquering territory that the enemy has held for decades. Somebody is going to take up places that the enemy has reigned over for far too long. Your children's mind are about to be taken over by you. Your family is about to be taken over by you. Your marriage is about to be taken over by you. Your family... Your finances are about to be taken over by you. What the enemy thought was his, just know it's a warning. God's about to put you in a place of reigning, of dormitory. Look what it says in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 13. And I have given you a land which for which ye did not labor, and cities you didn't build, and yet you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. That's the kind of God I serve. I'm not going to have to work for what I'm about to receive. I'm not even going to have to break a sweat for what I'm about to take over because the enemy has had his share for far too long. Somebody say, my mind's made up. I know that having that kind of victory is what we want. It's nice to think of a victorious lifestyle we live through Christ. Yet, we cannot live in victory until we learn to live in Christ. Joshua spoke in chapter 24 from verses 3 through 13, all of the great things God had done in the Israelites' life all throughout the eons of time, all the way dating back to Father Abraham. But he says in verses 14 and 15... Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Ammonites, when those land ye dwell... The very same thing Joshua declared unto the Israelites, I declare, declare unto you tonight. You've seen the goodness of God. You've witnessed his power and his mercy and his authority and his sovereignty. But however, you have a choice to make tonight. You have a choice that will forever decide what your destiny will be on a choice you make right now. Joshua could speak on the behalf of a nation. However, he could not speak for themselves or their households. Right. Okay. They had to make the decision on who they would serve. Right. Joshua would say this. You can serve whoever you want. Yeah. You can praise whoever you want. Right. What you let into your house is on your own accord. Come on now. What you watch is up to you. Yeah. What you let your kids watch, that's up to you. What your activities you do, that's all on you. If you want to serve the idols on the other side of the river, you can. Or the gods of the Ammonites in whose territory we now control. But, as for me, and my house, I may not be able to tell you who you are going to worship, but I can tell me in my house who we're going to worship. As for me, and my house. It may be a house of one, but as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We are going to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. We are going to serve the God that brought us out of Egypt. We are going to serve the God who brought us over. Somebody worship that God. If you've got a made up mind, shout unto him right now. Let it be known. Make your decision right now. Don't let it go to an altar call. Let it be a decision making moment right now. Joshua wasn't letting there be any wiggle room for the salvation of not only himself, but the salvation for his family. Some of you fathers need to stand up and stand against this wayward generation and declare this world may be chasing idols, but as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. There are some ladies in this house who may be married and their spouses aren't in church, or maybe you're not married, you still have a responsibility that Joshua had for his household. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the lord your house may not be but we are going to serve the lord just as joshua would bring israel into a season of victory jesus came into this world and brought all of mankind into a place where we can now live in a place that no longer has any losses Jesus did not come into this world so that those that serve him had a possibility of victory. He didn't die so that some of us could make it to heaven, that a few design purpose people would make it to heaven. No, Jesus died so that everyone who would ever exist in time had a choice to serve him and had a choice for eternal life. Jesus didn't die for some limp-wristed Christian to live a life of misery and pain. He didn't die for you to choose to serve him on Sunday or on Tuesday and live like the world for the rest of the time. No, Jesus died for you on Monday. He died for you on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Come on, Saturday. Jesus' death was a victory that man has never nor will ever be able to replicate. Nobody that died in any war, nobody that ever died for any cause could never amount to anything that Jesus did in his death and resurrection. Yes, sir. The amount of victory that was given that day was shouted from the dawn of time to the very end of time. Just as Joshua helped bringing down the walls of Jericho, When those walls came down at the death on the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom and the sky cracked open as nations were conquered by the Israelites under Joshua's command at the cross. Every principality fell. Every demon in high places fell. Every devil in hell that had any sort of power then fell. And much like the Israelites walked into the promised land, one day you and I are going to walk into a place that we did not build. One day you and I are going to walk on a, street that was paved with gold that you and i did not place one day you and i are going to collect with some people from honduras that we will never meet oh we're never going to meet some of these people but on one day we are going to walk into a place with god almighty and we will see him face to face but you've got to have a made up mind So devil, you've come too late because there is a church full of people here tonight that have a made up mind. If you have a made up mind, I want you to stand to your feet right now and declare it with every fiber of your being. Come on, music, go ahead and get ready because God's about to unleash something. Hey, I've got a made up mind in this place. Devil, my mind is made up. sometimes all we need in life is a reminder to keep doing what we're doing or get back to God I can't be nice right now if you're not baptized and got the Holy Ghost you need to do it now cause you don't know when God's coming Joshua in his final chapter wrote about all the victories and miracles that God did for them then we get to verse 13 where he flips it on them and asks the tribes of Israel the question who Will you serve? You said you served the Lord, yet you made a golden calf. You said you served the Lord, and yet you were forced to be in the wilderness for 40 years because of your rebellion. Sometimes your trials you're facing are because of your own rebellion towards God. That's a free little tidbit. But look at what Joshua did in verse 24 of chapter 24. And the people said unto joshua the lord our god we will serve and his voice will we obey so joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shikam. gavin can i borrow you i want you to lift this rock it's not super heavy but i want you to lift it all the way up so everybody can see And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak and that was the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For he hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny God. What he's saying there is let the stone be a reminder of a made up mind. Now, I'm not going to make him hold it up forever. He just holding it up for a few more minutes. That was the Yeshua, the Joshua of the Old Testament. When Jesus steps into the scene in the New Testament, he gives us another reminder. And that sits right there at a cross. We may not need a stone at the front of the church, but I can always look to the cross as a reminder of a made-up mind. You have to make a decision tonight. Am I going to serve God or am I going to serve the world? Jesus gave another thing that we can look to that reminder and it's the cross that we can look to as a reminder of the goodness of the Lord. I want you to do this for me. I know, we're, I know I'm know i running short on time and we got to get the altar and then we got to go eat. Name me another God that died on a cross for you. Name me another substance that gave its life for you. Show me another God that can wash away sins like Jesus. Show me another idol that at the mention of his name situations can change. Sister Shelley, can you put up that picture please? This is an Indian boy carrying his God out of their temple that was flooded. I'll tell you this, I couldn't tell you the last time that I had to carry God out of a storm. tell you the last time that I had to get God out of a situation but lo and behold I can tell you the last time he got me out of one I can tell you the last time he brought me out of the storm I can tell you the last I can tell you the last time he brought me out so devil don't you come into my house and telling me you come can- is there anybody else that can agree with me come to these altars and start showing a made-up mind start showing a made-up mind Two more minutes and then I'm done. I want to end with a little bit of scripture, but I want everyone, you're already getting ready. Without caution and without worrying what others may think, I believe we need just a good old little bit of a praise call, okay? Just a good praise minute that says, God, my praise and my worship is going to be a sign of a made-up mind. Because if what I'm about to read doesn't get you stirred up, go home. Okay? First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 41. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trump shall set. Sa- the dead shall be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. For this corruptible shall put on incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality with a corrupt... Death, where is I sing? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Verse fifty-seven. Oh, thanks be to God, which given us the victory through Jesus Christ.
0: Somebody let it out Forever, Amen. is king. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast.